Hello and welcome to How Healthcare Happens. My name is Bryn Kentish and this is a brand new podcast from Cardiff and Vale University Health Board all about how the NHS works. This is the first episode in the series and to start us off, I thought we'd talk about one of the biggest issues facing health in Wales today, transformation. You may have heard of it, you may have seen this word in relation to health on the news, but if you're like me, you probably didn't have a clear understanding of what it means. To help us understand transformation, we're joined by a very special guest, Ruth Jordan. Ruth is the head of the department known as the Improvement Implementation Team, and we discuss the changes that her team is going through, as well as the changes that the rest of the health board is going through as well. What transformation means and why it's different from just improving things, how and why the NHS needs to transform, and what I found most interesting, who has the power to affect change. We discuss all this and more coming up. Hi Ruth and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I suppose to begin, can I just ask you what your role is? Yeah, of course. Um, Although it's a hard one to define at the moment. Um, So my role, I head up, well, what was previously called the Continuous Service Improvement Team and the Project Management Office. So really it's a combined team that are responsible for supporting the organisation to deliver change. So really just about helping people make things better. Um, Continuous Service Improvement Team, or CSI, as we are probably known, and the Project Management Office, so the PMO, kind of joined together ooh, about six months ago now. So new team doing new things and finding new ways of working together. It's lots of fun. Sounds exciting. So I suppose finding new ways of working is what we're going to talk about today. Because um, want, I want us to have a conversation about transformation. So transformation is something that people may be aware of i know it's been reported in the news quite a lot that health boards in wales are receiving transformation money from welsh government so i suppose that's the context that most people would know know about it in so what is transformation and what does it mean for cardiff and vale if that's not too much of a big question (laughs) that's a huge question so what's transformation There's a lot of different definitions for transformation, to be honest with you. So people call it lots of different things. Here, we were using what I think quite an easy, straightforward way to define it between that and improvement. So we were saying improvement was around making systems better. So um, working with current systems and current processes and making them work better, in essence. So there'll be lots of people in this health board that and elsewhere that will be really used to the concept of improvement. Mm-hmm. It's something we've really pushed through as it's everybody's day job. Can I just ask what a system is in the context <laughs> of healthcare? <laughs> the sy- I mean, the system could be absolutely anything, I guess. Um, a system in the concept of healthcare, if you're looking at whole system, is everything. So it's every um, person, process, organisation, team everything that sits around trying to help members of the public look after their own health would be whole system but systems can be much smaller than that so you could have a specific system that sits around a person with a specific condition for example had fractured their hip having had a fall right there would be a whole system of care around that so um, you would have doctors nurses therapists you would probably have people out in the community radiographers so that could be a whole system as well so a system really is a, a collection of people processes teams in essence working together as opposed to an individual doing one process 
so improvement is making kind of small changes to a system to make it work better and absolutely. make the patient journey through the system more smooth, more yeah. easy. Absolutely. So thinking again about that person that might have fractured their hip. So improvements to that system might be things around changing processes around how we do the pre-op assessment for that person. um, Some of the admin processes potentially. It could even be the processes in theatre or the referral processes. But it'd be very much around trying to, yeah, support that patient in the existing system. Right. So conversely, transformation So the way we've been describing transformation is around it's making better systems. So as opposed to making the existing system better, what we're trying to do is create a new, better system. So that's how we've been describing the difference between the two. So it's kind of a much larger scale change or difference. Change from the ground up almost. Yeah, absolutely. There's a really good document actually that came out from NHS England about leading large scale change. And I think it had a really nice story in it about describing the difference between transformation and improvement. And it was something that actually came from someone called Kurt Lewin, who you may or may not have heard about, but he was a psychologist, the first person to study group dynamics and organizational development. Right. And he talked about, he used a metaphor for a village and a river around describing the difference between improvement and transformation. And for me, I think it's really helpful. So what he said was, imagine a river flowing through the village when you were born. The river constantly changes in many small ways, higher or lower, muddier or clearer, and so on. But while it changes a bit every day, it remains recognisable as the river that flows through your village. So in my mind, that's improvement. That's around that river slightly changing back and forward on a day-to-day basis, but fundamentally remains the same system, remains the same river. Yeah. But then he says, so now imagine that village um, leaders change the course of this river, much like we did in Cardiff, actually, rerouting it around the village and paving over its old course for a new shopping street. That would be transformational change. If you left the village at an early age and now return years later, everything would seem very, very different. Transformational or large-scale change, as it's known in a few places, changes absolutely everything. Um, So, for example, if you had lived in that village the whole time, you might not experience that transformation suddenly. So you might be seeing the incremental changes of somebody digging up a hole, somebody concreting there, etc. So there'd be lots of incremental changes that would lead to that large-scale transformational change. But if you left it and came back a number of years later, it would feel completely different. It would be a new system that you would develop through transformation. So that metaphor, I think, can be quite useful to explain the difference. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I see that. Your department then, as what was known as continual service improvement, is that now kind of focusing more on transformation? So we're still doing both because actually, uh, there is an, there's always there will always always be a need to do continuous improvement. Always, you continuously improve all the processes you're doing. It's everybody's job, and we need to support everybody to do that. So we still have a huge role in supporting people that are working with patients or just people that are supporting people that are working with patients to learn how to do improvement, to be able to do that themselves. So we provide a lot of mentoring or really to support some of the big cross-system stuff. That's always going to be needed. Even after we've been through transformation, those systems we've developed, those new systems will still need improving. So we will always need improvement. But yes, certainly we have now picked up um, supporting a lot of the um, transformational pieces of work that are happening in the health board in line with shaping our future well-being. So shaping our future well-being is the health board's 10-year strategy. It was written and published in 2015, taking the organisation up to 2025, obviously. And there are a number of goals in that strategy. 
Do you want to say what some of those goals are, Ruth? Oh, no, there's pressure. I should have bought it. <laughs> um, shaping our future well-being is primarily around providing the right care at the right time by the right person and very much focusing on care closer to home and enabling people in the community to look after themselves better, but very much from a whole system approach. So yeah. we're trying to change our language from team and organisation to whole system everybody that's out there working together so whether it be the health service or whether it be local authorities voluntary sector and actually the people and public themselves because they're a really important part of it yeah so it's a real shift from that hospital focused um, traditional model of healthcare, whereby everybody would come into a big hospital site whether it be for emergency care or outpatients care or therapies whatever it might be to trying to provide as much as we can out in the community and enabling people to look after themselves in a much better way so people can walk down the road and go and see their physio in their like local community center or local gp or something like that rather than having to travel say to university hospital of wales and deal with all the uh, issues that come with that Absolutely. And it might even be that, you know, in some scenarios, it's not even a GP or a physio or someone like that. It might even be that we've got voluntary sector organisations with better utilising exercise classes for people that maybe don't need that highly specialised care, but just need a little bit of support. Um, But also giving them some of the information systems to enable them to do that in a better way. So really about people enabling to personalise their own approach to how how they look after themselves. Does digital technology play a big role in that? Huge part of it. Um, massive, massive part. Because without a change to our digital approach, both for our workforce, actually, but also um, members of the public out there, we're not going to be able to bring in a load of the changes we want to. So that's why when the work we've been doing in the Health Board on transformation, we've been looking at digitally enabled um, workforce and also accessible information. So how do we enable, I say, people in the health board also out in the communities to have the information they need to be able to look after themselves or look after patients so that's been a big big shift for us Um, and it's going to be challenging it's not going to be something that's going to be managed easily because it's not just as straightforward as finding you know systems or equipment or it's also about training people Um, and again that's fairly straightforward within the hospital but then it's how we enable members of the public to access that. One question would be, if we are relying so much on digital technology, is there a risk that transforming healthcare as it is now is going to alienate some patients? Oh, that's a very good question. Older patients or those without access to a computer or or a phone? I think there's a few things to that. I think, A, we're not talking about tomorrow. We're talking about 2025. And I think everyone would recognise that people are becoming more and more digitally enabled. People are very used to doing online shopping or booking appointments, even GP appointments already online. So I think there is a challenge. But we're being extremely conscious that if we're trying to design new systems now or even improve systems so even doing improvements if we're putting digital components in there that we are making sure that that is accessible to everybody so if it isn't making sure there's a process in place so that we capture everybody because clearly everyone needs equitable access yes so that is something we're extremely conscious of as is everybody actually it's often something that it's a good question because a lot of people often bring that up so 
Yeah, it's certainly something we're working with. But people aren't being forgotten, is what you're trying to say. Oh, gosh, absolutely not. Yeah, IT systems aren't the be-all and end-all. Fundamentally, it's actually around people, communication and relationships and making sure we're maximising all approaches to that. So for some people, that might be IT. Other people, it might be related to their phone. Or it might be, you know, there will always be a need for letters and communication and face-to-face. We'd, what we need to be is quite agile to change as the requirements go and, and listen to people and talk to people. So this can't ever be a scenario where we're designing something for members of the public. So I think we're really conscious that there's a lot of um, requirements here for our pieces of work to do it with um, and be informed by as opposed to telling. Yeah, we're not saying this is the system you all have to sign up to. Absolutely we want, not. We want their input. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Certainly the pieces of work that we're involved in, we're really conscious that we need to, and we are, working alongside either voluntary sector organisations or with patients on the group, or we're we're running a lot of patient workshops at the moment. We're about to do one with falls, for example. We're trying to redesign our fall system um, as part of this, and we are about to run a big patient workshop or public workshop with um, Diverse Cymru, who are facilitating it for us. So Excellent. It's really important for us that we're not just doing things with members of staff, although that is vital, but we're also doing it with our partners. So Welsh Ambulance Trust and the police, the local authorities, care and repair organisations like that, but also members of the public because their voice is actually the most important. Excellent. So the strategy goes up to 2025, which is some six years away from the date of recording. Does transformation have an end point? That's a really good question as well. As a concept, transformation is much more task and finish than improvement. So improvement is a continual process. Everyone should be doing it always. Transformation in theory is a bit more task and finish. So we will transform, you will transform and build a new system and then you will continually improve it. So it's not so much that it ends, but more it morphs into a slightly different approach. Having said that, the actual technical approach of how you do it isn't that much different, whether you're doing transformation or whether you're doing improvement. It's more about who's involved and how they do it. How they do it. But in theory, there should be a point at some point in the future where the health board says, we have achieved transformation. There'll certainly be a point, I would hope, that the health board will be able to say, we have achieved shaping our future well-being and what we've written in our strategy up to 2025. But the world's ever-changing, isn't it? I'm sure when um, the Heath Hospital was built, back whenever it was built... that 1971. it was. 1971. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so 1971. I can't imagine they ever said, this is it. They said, we finished the Heath Hospital, but yeah. I suspect they never said, we're never going to change it again, because let's face it, health moves on, healthcare moves on, the population moves on, and yeah. there will always be a need to adapt. But I certainly think there'll be a time when we'll be able to say, you know what, th- those things we said we wanted to do in shaping our future well-being... We've done them. Yes. And then there'll be another 10-year strategy. Absolutely. Well, I'd hope so. Yeah. Got to have a direction of travel because if you don't have a direction of travel, you don't know what you need to change. Yes. Yeah, of course. Going back to transformation as a concept for the health board, why is there a need to transform oh so i think a lot of the models of care we have in health are still the very traditional models of care we've had for many many years can you give an example so i suppose we still rely quite heavily on the traditional outpatients model so if somebody goes to the gp with a condition whatever it may be 
Um, the traditional model is if the GP can't look after that person or give them advice and they need specialist advice, they will get referred into a hospital speciality who traditionally will then see the patients in the hospital yeah. um, and pull them in. They may or may not need tests. They may or may not need surgery. The likelihood is if they can't be treated, they will keep coming back in. So Back to hospital. Back to hospital. So our outpatient model is quite a traditional outpatient model. Now, that's not to say that there aren't pockets of really brilliant practice where people have gone on and completely changed the way they work. And we know we've got services in our health board that have done that. And we certainly need to be learning from how they've done that. One of the things we're trying to do, actually, as part of the work, the transformation work in shaping our future well-being, is completely transform our outpatient model so it's fit for 2025. So that is trying to remove that reliance on people coming into hospital. So increasing the ability for people to look after themselves at home, do much more point of care testing out in the community. So if they need blood tests, etc., not having to come into hospital. But then about how we support primary care in the community. So that's our GPs, but it's also optometrists, pharmacists, um, dentists. How do we enable them and support them to keep people from needing specialist support in the hospital? Um, then obviously there'll always be a need for some form of specialist review from our consultants, our specialist consultants, but then it's how we deliver that in a very different way to the way we're doing it now. And kind of making sure that that's not the default. Yeah, exactly, that it's not the default, that we are um, working much more in partnership as a whole system as opposed to at the minute being a bit fragmented. But then how do we enable people to look after their own care at home rather than the automatic, oh, we'll see you in three months, we'll see you in six months? How do we support people to look after their own health at home The idea of um, something you'd hear called an SOS appointment. So rather than having an automatic review, but having that ability to say, actually, you know what? Something's not right. I now need to get back in without needing to go through the full referral route again. Right. So it's something we're calling valuing patients time. It's a big piece of work that we're doing that we're going to test on two departments, actually. So we're going to create two model departments. Oh, gastroenterology and ENT. So ear, nose and throat. Ear, nose and throat. So yes, if, if you're somebody that gets referred for either a gastroenterology problem or um, an ENT problem over the next few years, hopefully you'll see quite a different system. Okay. It's a big piece of work. But, um, Can you tell us how it's going to change? Oh. Well, let's, let's pick one. Let's talk about gastroenterology specifically. Okay. So say I went to the GP with a upset stomach or mm-hmm. stomach pains or something like that. Whereas now they would say, if they deemed it appropriate, I'm going to refer you to a gastroenterologist mm-hmm. at UHW or Landoc Hospital. What's likely to happen after this piece of work is done? Actually, the changes happen before that. Right, so okay. I, the, the system isn't, it's, it'll be geared up so that actually you're much better able to manage your own health at home without necessarily going to a GP. So it's about knowing when to go to a GP or actually when you can maybe um, support yourself in a different way. So yeah. Actually, is this something I could be um, looking after myself with pharmacy advice or actually we're looking at bringing some different IT systems in that almost enable people to be much more in control of their own patient information. You'll be much more supported to kind of make that choice decision about when and when not to go to the GP. Yeah. And then it may very well be that we've got a different setup with the GPs between the GPs and the hospital. So, for example, we're bringing in or we have brought in something called Health Pathways. Health Pathways is a website resource available for GPs that in essence gives them detailed advice around different clinical conditions. So when somebody comes in to see them with a condition or with a complaint or a symptom, 
they have the ability to go into the health pathway for that specific symptom or complaint and it guides them through the agreed pathway for that condition within Card from Vale. And right. that pathway gets designed by a GP in conjunction with the specialist consultant. So yeah. it's very much designed by GPs for GPs. But within that, it also gives um, the tests that we would advise in Card from Vale to do and not to do, but also when to refer, who to refer to, or what treatment to start people on. So that, um, that might sound like it's something that's quite straightforward, but it really helps us look at variation in patient care and ensure that the right patients are getting the specialist care within hospital at the right time. GPs see so many patients with so many different they complaints do. that it would be impossible for one person to hold all that information in their head of where to refer people. So to have that clearly delineated will be a real tool. Absolutely. Our GPs are amazing. How they are able to understand so many different conditions, I think they're phenomenal. We're so lucky that we have that resource in the UK. But you're right. One thing we know is they hate pieces of paper. We have lots of brilliant specialist services in the hospital that design new pathways for GPs and then give them to them on a piece of paper. Well, if you can imagine if you're a GP and you've either got a notice board or a filing cabinet with yeah. hundreds and hundreds of different pathways on pieces of paper, when you've only got a patient with you for a few minutes, it's really hard to identify that. Well, you wouldn't go digging around in a filing cabinet. Well, of course you wouldn't. Of course you wouldn't. So hopefully this enables them and gives them quick access to that information in a way that they've designed for them. That's the crucial thing. Yeah. They've designed it for themselves. But whilst doing so, because they've done it with the specialist consultant, they've built the relationship. Yes. And that's fundamental going forward, is really creating the relationship so that we can work as a whole system. And it sounds much more sustainable as well. Absolutely. If something changes, if a consultant retires and is replaced, then you don't have to print off X many no. copies of paper to send out to GPs anymore. You can just change your website. Absolutely. So, yeah, you don't have the scenario of lots of outdated pieces of paper yeah. where things have changed. But one of the brilliant things about Health Pathways is it's got a feedback button. The, the brilliance with the feedback button is that any GP can at any time press that button and say, actually, we think we've got a query here or we think something's not right or we think something needs changes and we can act on that. Yeah. Which, again, you can't do when you've got pieces of paper sitting in a cabinet and you don't even know who's written it, let alone who's contact if you think something's wrong. Yeah. Are there models like that in other health boards in Wales I'm not aware that anyone else in Wales, in fact, I'm pretty sure no one else in Wales is using health pathways at the minute. So for NHS Wales, Cardiff and Vale is ahead of the curve. Yeah, I think so. And there's certainly a lot of interest in, in what it can support us with. So yeah, I guess it's on us to really prove the difference it can make. Do you think there's a reluctance to change? You know how you were saying earlier about the traditional model of healthcare. Do you think people do things and they won't ever change it just because that's the way it's always been done <laughs> whereas now we're trying to shake it up a little bit um i don't think reluctance to change is the right thing if anything i think actually there's an awful lot of people out there that are desperate to change and yeah. have been trying to change for a long time and if anything have got a bit stale because they don't feel they've been able to because there's been barriers in the way right and it's our responsibility to decrease those barriers but certainly that whole this is the way we've always done it around here is something that happens to everybody in everyday life. You might not even realise it. So yeah. I think sometimes it's not so much reluctance, but more about not realising that there might be a better way and that actually the way it's happening now, yeah, isn't it, it could be done differently. So it's always about the system and the process and people do everything they can to make things work. So it's just around how we put better systems in place.
So as an individual staff member, people have power to make changes, but only if the system flexes to allow them to do that. Yeah, absolutely. The only people that will be able to make the change are, um, well, it's everybody. It's everybody's job to do improvements. Um, Always has been. Our task is, as an organisation, as a system, is to support people to do that. Yeah, so it's it's an interesting one. It's how we empower people. But this has kind of gone off in a bit of a slightly waffly way. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's really interesting. (laughs) I think it's really interesting that there's a responsibility to act that everyone has. I don't know if everyone is aware that they have that. For example, you know, maybe it's the best way that we can think of to do it, but I'm sure the way that people take blood hasn't changed in... 50 years 60 mm, years you're right maybe there's like a, maybe there is a better way maybe there isn't but maybe there is yeah and it's going to take it's going to be a phlebotomist on the ground doing it every day of their lives that's going to realize that there is actually a better way it's not going to be your eyes no, talking gosh. about it is it no absolutely we can't and we've always said that as a team actually we can't we're not the experts in those processes we can't in any way work out the best way to do it the only people that can do that are the people working in those processes yeah. or being the customer or the patient or the person at the end of that process mm. so yeah it's certainly it, yeah it can't be held centrally uh, the, there's lots of barriers to change and yeah. i guess one of the things there is time people will always say time but of course that's a it's a chicken and egg scenario isn't it because of course if you improve you have more time time. yeah (laughs) so it's certainly one of the things we've always said is that our role is to give people the headspace and the time to come up with the solutions they already know probably they just don't realize it yet as a final question then is there anything happening as a result of transformation that you particularly are excited about gosh so i've already mentioned the outpatients work and that's really exciting i think it's yeah. a big piece of work but it's really exciting i suppose the other big thing that i'm really excited about is the spread and scale academy so i mentioned earlier that there's pockets of really fantastic pieces of work not only in this organization but across nhs wales what we're particularly bad at and this isn't an issue for Cardiff and vale this is a common issue across the nhs is we're really bad at sharing that work do you mean sharing it like across health boards so if one health board say how about I had a really great pathway for something or other. We as Cardiff and Vale wouldn't look to them to, to be like, that's actually a really good way of working. Why aren't we doing that? We'd be like, oh, we're just going to do our own way. It's not even just about between health boards. It's within health boards. Right. In Cardiff and Vale, we have some world leading people yeah. that are doing world leading things that are absolute experts in their field that have developed new services and done incredible things. And we don't necessarily know about it. So, yeah, so the Spread and Scale Academy, we're working in partnership with um, the Life Sciences Hub and with the Bevan Commission. And we're bringing in an organisation called the Billions Institute, who are from Los Angeles. And they were set up by a couple of people that have some very personal experience of leading massive scale change across the whole of the USA. Right. We're bringing in the Billions Institute to run a four-day academy at the end of September. So... We have 50 places for people across the whole of NHS Wales, of which the majority are Cardiff and Vale, for people that have delivered an improvement. So they have a successful improvement or innovation in their area and are really um, motivated and excited to spread that elsewhere, but just don't quite know how to do it. I think spread and scale is something that actually no one's really got right in the NHS anywhere. So hopefully that will add a dimension to what we're doing. Yeah, I'm certainly excited about going to it. So it'll be good excellent yeah well i look forward to hopefully seeing some of them (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe we'll even interview them (laughs) 
thank you so much to Ruth there for that fascinating conversation about the future of healthcare, not just in Cardiff and the Vale, but the whole of Wales and the whole of the UK as well. If you're an NHS employee or someone who just uses healthcare services with an idea about how they can be made better, feel free to send them through to me and I'll make sure that they're passed on to Ruth's team. You can contact me by emailing news, that's N-E-W-S at wales.nhs.uk. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at CV underscore UHB or you can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash UHB. Please feel free to get in touch about any ideas you may have about how the NHS can be improved or if you have any topics that you want the podcast to cover over the coming weeks. We'd be really, really grateful to hear from you. In the meantime, please remember to like and subscribe to this podcast where you can. If you want to, please leave a review as this will help us reach more people. And I've put the links to the um, Health Board's transformation website in the description of this podcast. So if you're interested about anything related to transformation and you want to see more examples of the great work that's going on, you can just visit that website and check out the, the news items there. Thanks again for listening. My name is Bryn Kentish and this has been How Healthcare Happens.